Jared versus Hunter with the effervescent Mark Dankoff right here, right now on VT Radio. Let's go with host Johnny Punish. Okay, and we're back on the VTU Radio Network with the fantastic Mark Dankoff. Uh, this is the first day of the NFL season. It's Thursday morning. Uh, there's a big game going on, but before we discuss the games, well, we can discuss the games, but yeah, lots of money, right? We're going to discuss Jared versus Hunter and government corruption. That's the big story for today. Mark, how you doing today, man? Good. Doing okay. And uh, as far as Detroit and Kansas City tonight in Arrowhead Stadium, uh, I woke up with a strange sensation in my left knee. It tells me that oh. Detroit is actually going to prevail by five points tonight. Oh, wow. That's a big pick. The, yeah, I, hey, the, the, uh, the, uh, the line is Kansas City by four and a half over and under, I think, is something like 53 or 53 and a half points. But I woke up with this strange tingling in my left knee, Detroit by five. Right. You know, typically the Kansas, uh, the Super Bowl winner usually comes out a little flat in the first game of the season, usually. Um, yes. So that, that's, a, that's a point of, of contention. But here's the thing. If they're anything like the Colorado Buffaloes tonight, the Lions will eat up the Kansas City Chiefs. What do you think? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that was amazing. Uh, an amazing start to Deion Sanders' collegiate coaching career. I watched the game, and I don't think we've heard the last of these guys, meaning Colorado Buffaloes. Uh, and the other thing is they have an upcoming game with Nebraska, uh, which I suspect that they're going to win. And, of course, Nebraska uh, had another sad beginning to their uh, season the other day against Missouri. I watched that game. And, Nebraska, uh, is that a, a Texas high school team? I forgot. <laughs> yeah, well, it has been for about the last 20 years, and it's just amazing uh, going back to the old days uh, when Bob Devaney was coaching at Nebraska. They, they certainly were perennially one of the top, 10 teams in the country, but that was a long time ago. Nebraska's program's been struggling for a long time. People that know more about that program than I do uh, may have a variety of uh, uh, reasons they can offer us as to what's going on there, but I suspect a major problem is recruiting and the fact that Nebraska has more trouble uh, recruiting uh, than it did in the Devaney era. So that's... uh, that's, that's I have a good idea for that. Uh, the good idea is let them hire me as Coach Prime Time Punish, and we'll make you the defensive coordinator. We'll get in there and start recruiting all the VT readers to come play for us. What do you think? Hey, that sounds good. And, of course, we will lead the league in personal fouls. <laughs> <laughs> number of people, number of defensive players ejected uh, per game, uh, you know, utilizing the George Allen model for defense. <laughs> there you go. Speaking of personal fouls, let's talk about Jared versus Hunter. We have a lot of government corruption going on with the Supreme Court. Every congressman, basically, uh, of course, the president of the United States is not uh, not immune from that corruption. You know, it's the lobbyists, the big money. But when it comes down to it, let's talk about Hunter versus Jared, because the right wing saying Hunter's the bad guy and the left wing is saying, well, Jared's the bad guy. Uh, what say you? Well, you're uh, once again identifying another version of the false dialectic that uh, confronts American voters through their news media every four years. Now, in this particular case, I will venture uh, out my uh, my little uh, toe on my right foot forward to say that ultimately, I think the Hunter Biden case is far worse in its implications, not because uh, uh, Jared Kushner and the Trump empire it doesn't have its share of outrageous corruption, 
But in the case of the Hunter Biden situation, we're talking about the larger implications of that, the involvement of Hunter and his old man, Joe, in uh, everything that has happened in uh, Ukraine since the illegal coup d'etat of 2014, February of 2014, that now threatens us uh, as far as the possibility of an ongoing expansion of this war that could ultimately result in a third world war. And there are plenty of people that are far bigger names than I am uh, who tend to be at my end of the spectrum uh, who are saying the same thing. Uh, James Jotras has a post today that was re published on Lou Rockwell, uh, talking about the very real possibility of, of extinction in this situation. And so that makes the Biden family corruption and the Hunter Biden uh, corruption and the corruption of the FBI uh, in working with uh, American uh, uh, agencies like Facebook uh, and, and Google uh, and uh, Instagram and so forth and Twitter uh, to to suppress the uh, story in 2020 of Hunter Biden and his laptop. The deep state produced 51 people, of course, of notoriety, all of whom assured the American public that there was nothing really to this story, that this was all Russian disinformation. Now we know that this is entirely false. So the Hunter Biden issue uh, is not simply an issue of his corruption and his father's corruption, but the geopolitical and national security implications of this are monstrous. And certainly when we start thinking about the deep state's obvious collusion in helping to get uh, uh, Joe Biden put into office, uh, the suppression of that New York Post story uh, prior to the 2020 election looms even larger now uh, as it's becoming clear even to supporters of Biden that he's in serious trouble. The, the CNN today was talking about on its uh, lead headline story about the worrisome character of Biden's numbers as far as Democrats are concerned. He has a uh, obviously plummeting uh, popularity rating for some very good reasons. And you start looking at the implications of that and the politicized character of these uh, prosecutions of Donald Trump while the very real crimes of Joe and Hunter Biden uh, escape any form of uh, scrutiny uh, on the part of the Merit, uh, Merit Garland uh, Department of Justice. And it becomes quite obvious that this is getting into an absolute crisis of trust in regard to any of our political figures, any of our political institutions. So we're not simply talking about about uh, Hunter Biden here and Jared Kushner uh, and, uh, and, and, tr and, and Biden and Trump themselves, but we're talking about a level of crisis in this country in terms of trust and ability of governmental and media institutions to function at any legitimate level that no one trusts anyone anymore uh, in regard to how things are spun or reported, how things are discussed or not discussed at all, and of course, uh, you and I had a recent issue uh, with a certain uh, unnamed search engine uh, that was uh, uh, causing an article that I wrote on George Soros and, and Euro Maidan Press to be questioned. Uh, this particular search engine, of course, uh, said that that article was dangerous uh, and it was derogatory. Yes, it's dangerous, all right, dangerous to the interests of George Soros and Euro Maidan Press, dangerous to the interests of the people pushing this new world order conflict, uh, certainly a derogatory article. I uh, have a lot of derogatory articles that I aim at people 
that are involved in what I deem to be uh, criminal conduct in, in any significant moral or ethical sense, if not legal. So in this particular uh, situation, we are approaching 2024, uh, not only with an incredible number of problems, uh, but the issue of Hunter Biden uh, and, uh, and Jared Kushner and the implications both for Joe Biden and Donald Trump, uh, it, it goes well beyond this into a, a crisis of, of functionality of U.S. government and media and a crisis of confidence and trust that I think began in earnest in the United States after the Kennedy assassination in Dallas uh, almost 60 years ago now. But this thing uh, today, 60 years later, has mushroomed into a circumstance where we are talking about uh, credible allegations of uh, U.S. governmental and media involvement uh, in pushing a, a war that uh, pushing for it and funding it that uh, in misreporting on it. I think uh, Eric Margolis uh, uh, the other day was saying, I believe in the Toronto Sun, that he thought that this particular conflict uh, was the most misreported that he had ever seen in terms of his own work traveling in all of these different countries, covering uh, these circumstances with these wars, uh, that this uh, Western mainstream media coverage of this Russian-Ukrainian conflict is absolutely outrageous uh, in terms of the deliberate lies that are being told about it, uh, both in terms of how it got started, who was promoting it, who uh, Volodymyr Zelensky really is, uh, the facts surrounding people like Igor Kolomoisky and his relationship to Zelensky and the promotion of Zelensky's political career, all of these different things. It seems to me 60 years after the events in Dealey Plaza suggests that uh, we are on the edge of a precipice uh, in terms of the uh, functionality of our basic institutions uh, as our U.S. government and our U.S. media uh, continue to suppress all kinds of things that the American public needs to know about and what increasingly would appear to be a criminal cabal that has uh, gotten itself ensconced in both of the major political parties. Uh, and to that extent, uh, clearly we are not simply moving from uh, such things as false flag incidents to get war started, uh, the whole issue of uh, fiat money, the whole issue of national debt, the whole issue of regime change operations and coup d'etats and assassinations. Uh, the list goes on and on, but when you reach a point to where there's credible evidence that the United States government uh, and the FBI and the Garland uh, Justice Department are pursuing a lot of uh, credible allegations in regard to a child and child sex trafficking operations in this country. Uh, that's just about as bad as it gets. Uh, and then uh, we haven't heard too much about the Epstein-Maxwell sex trafficking and blackmail scandal recently. That has virtually completely disappeared from media coverage. Uh, and the silence is absolutely deafening uh, in regard to what everyone would believe, anyone who looked at this thing carefully, uh, was on the basis of the backgrounds of the people involved. Uh, an Israeli Mossad operation, in all likelihood, an Israeli Mossad sex trafficking and political back blackmailing ring, uh, where all of the links of significant people in the American government on both sides of the political aisle uh, in going down for uh, private visits visits to Epstein's Island and so forth, to my knowledge, and this is to my knowledge, point, point me out if I'm wrong, 
Uh, I don't think there has been a single conviction uh, out of the activities of anyone connected to that circumstance, as well as the absolutely preposterous character of the official explanation uh, regarding Epstein's rather mysterious suicide uh, while in custody. Right, right. Question for you. Um, Can you expand more on the specifics of the Hunter Biden corruption, the exact specifics, the the number of money, the people? What exactly happened? Tell our VT readers around the world more specifically what happened. Well, I'll keep it as short and as simple as I can. Certainly the initial crimes were committed by the cabal that overthrew the uh, duly elected government in Kiev. Absolutely outlandish that the United States talks about human rights and democracy uh, when it was a uh, deliberate partner to and the most significant player in the overthrow of the legitimately elected government of that country in February of 2014. Whether you like the Yanukovych regime or you don't, the fact is, uh, it was his his government was the legitimate government of that country uh, and was overthrown via a coup d'etat that was provably linked to Victoria Nuland, who is now our uh, assistant secretary of state. Uh, obviously, Hillary Clinton was directly involved in this. Uh, our friends Obama and Joe Biden were clearly clearly directly involved in this. Uh, And as you start looking at all of the evidence that piles up on this circumstance, this then led to a situation uh, where prima facie evidence would underscore clearly that uh, Joe and Hunter Biden uh, subsequently made a lot of money uh, themselves on this coup d'etat after the fact when Joe Biden became the cabal's point man on Ukrainian policy. And uh, when it would appear Though we, what we have in this situation, uh, particularly with the Burisma energy uh, uh, scandal, uh, where Joe Biden's son with absolutely no credentials whatsoever and with an absolutely gross personal background uh, suddenly lands a job with uh, Burisma worth thousands of dollars a month. What does this guy know about energy? Uh, the only energy he apparently knows anything about uh, is his own personal life as it relates to uh, drugs and women. Uh, well, I heard and, he put uh, gas in his car, so that, that qualifies. Yeah, they, he, he, he uh, put gas in his car. It reminds me of what the late Barry Goldwater once said that, you know, and he was looking at some of these uh, people that were uh, uh, posting for jobs to the Reagan administration. Goldwater told the story about when they were interviewing this uh, Reagan appointee uh, to become the next uh, head of the Federal Communications uh, Commission. And Goldwater, uh, I'll clean this up a little bit, but basically what he said after the hearing was that this this guy doesn't uh, know enough. Uh, he, he said, what, what was something in the order of uh, this guy can't tune in a GD television set? <laughs> And we're, right. make, we're getting ready to make this guy the head of the Federal Communications uh, Commission. Now, that pales in significant significance compared to this geopolitical situation in the Ukraine, where obviously uh, when the president of the now president of the United States and his son are deemed to have made about $5 million apiece uh, off this relationship with Burisma, and we have provable evidence that is right out there where Joe Biden has even admitted uh, that he pressured the subsequent president of Ukraine uh, to fire the equivalent of their attorney general, uh, who, by the way, is going to be summoned by our own 
uh, House of Representatives in the future to testify uh, as to the direct involvement of Joe Biden uh, in uh, using uh, blackmail, basically, of the Ukrainian government in terms of accessibility to IMF money and World Bank loans and so forth. If they didn't call off the dogs on this investigation of Joe Biden and his son, in this rather uh, cozy economic and political relationship that they had uh, had with the uh, Burisma company. So this is serious business again. It's not simply one of personal corruption, governmental corruption at the highest level. But in this case, we are talking about a uh, bankrolling, a coup d'etat in that country, which would subsequently lead eight years later to a Russian invasion of the Donbass for what I argue in conjunction with Ray McGovern uh, were some very uh, legitimate reasons for Vladimir Putin to intervene militarily in that country. Now, we won't get into all the reasons for that in this in this particular uh, telecast, but nonetheless, we can say that this now involves war. It now involves the, the, the loss of hundreds of thousands of lives already. It involves absolutely gross profiteering and the part of the American military industrial complex. Uh, and then, of course, uh, we are now at a point to where we inch ever closer uh, to a situation, as James Jotras, I think, underscored it today, uh, where we could very easily uh, see uh, a direct conflict between the United States and Russia uh, that could go nuclear. Uh, and, 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 and when you start talking about things in those terms, and then you go back and look at this Biden business, Joe Biden business with the Newland cabal in overthrowing that government in February of 2014, there were other criminal actions that took place uh, in the wake of that uh, coup d'etat directly uh, linked to the people that the United States installed in that coup d'etat. I'm referring to the... Uh, uh, trade union building in Odessa, and it having been deliberately torched by agents of this regime that the United States installed a handful of months before the torching of this trade union building that uh, caused untold numbers of people to be burned to death inside that building. I start talking about the uh, military actions uh, of the central government of Kiev against uh, people in the Donbass who did not want to acquiesce to what they quite properly understood to be an illegitimate government. Uh, hence, uh, roughly 15,000 of those people lost their lives as a result of military actions being perpetrated by the uh, cabal that our cabal installed. The list just goes on and on. And uh, when you look at this, again, the implications continue to mushroom. We're talking about World War III, we are talking about the uh, destruction of the American economy as a result of all of these understandable moves toward de-dollarization worldwide, the creation of BRICS or the expansion of BRICS that's coming up here, uh, where I think you're going to have, what is it, 31 members of BRICS sometime as of, uh, as of January. It's an incredible growth uh, situation going on. In a BRICS. very short period of time. And then, of course, uh, one needs to look very carefully at this uh, growing move on the part of China and other major players in the world economy uh, to, to dump U.S. Treasury securities in favor of going into gold. The Chinese have got all of this figured out, and uh, certainly the Chinese and the Russians in particular, uh, and the Iranians secondarily, have every reason to believe that de-dollarization in the, of the world economy uh, is, is their ticket to 
defanging uh, the New World Order monolith uh, represented by people like the Bidens and Newland and the Clintons and so forth and so on. So this is serious, serious business. And uh, one thing I will say, simply to be fair at this juncture, is that when we start talking about uh, the connections of both the Bidens uh, and, and the Trump empire uh, to the uh, usual tribal elements and to the Zionist lobby, this is, a, is, is to me a most serious uh, indication of the corruption uh, that involves both of the major political parties in this country. It's, it's most obvious in terms of its criminal implications at the federal level and at the global level, but then you get down to something right here in the state of Texas, the ongoing impeachment trial for Republican uh, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. Uh, based upon the reports, it would appear that he's been involved in some very serious criminal wrongdoing, uh, serious enough that his uh, second-in-command uh, alerted the FBI uh, quite some time ago to some of the things that are now currently in, uh, at issue in this impeachment trial. Uh, and so in this circumstance, ironically enough, uh, as far as the Texas GOP is concerned, uh, you start looking at the numbers in the House. The House, uh, uh, significantly controlled by the Republicans, voted 121, I think, to, to 23 to impeach Paxton. After this trial of weeks is finally over, then it'll boil down to whether or not 21 people in the Texas Senate will vote to impeach uh, or to convict Paxton. At this point, you can you can bet that all 12 Democrats will vote for conviction. That leaves uh, nine out of 18 Republicans to vote to convict to get the magic number of 21. And this thing uh, looks bad enough that uh, you may well see uh, a Republican-controlled Texas state Senate that uh, that tosses out a Republican attorney general with significant political links to Donald Trump, who has been, interestingly enough, jumping into this from time to time with his own political commentary, public political commentary on this uh, impeachment trial that he suggests is entirely political, politically motivated, that Trump is suggesting has nothing to do with criminality whatsoever, uh, when at least when you look at the evidence, uh, despite the fact that, uh, at least on social issues, uh, Paxton, as a Texas attorney general, uh, has a lot of good things in his background relating to uh, things that I certainly support uh, in terms of uh, getting the far left's political agenda out of the public schools in the state of Texas. But nonetheless, uh, you can't deny that there are some serious things on the table here. And uh, the, the obvious sad aspect of this uh, getting away from Texas just for a moment, getting back to the national scene, is that at least in Texas, and ironically enough, we're talk talking about the Republican Party here, uh, where Paxton stands uh, an excellent chance of being convicted. Whether he will be or not depends on getting nine Republicans in the Texas Senate to vote on the basis of the evidence, not on the basis of whether or not they like his politics, whether or not he serves their end of the, of the spectrum or not. But uh, one thing is telltale here, the number two man, uh, second in command of Paxton in the attorney general's office uh, is a religious right Christian conservative who on the basis of what he saw going on, uh, took the bull by the horns himself uh, and contacted the FBI 
that took some doing. Uh, and I don't know this guy, but uh, it was it would suggest that uh, unlike a lot of the things going on at the national level in both the Republican and the Democratic parties, where uh, it's 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 only uh, it, it's only when the other guy and the other guy's party is charged with credible wrongdoing that it becomes a big issue. Uh, if one's own uh, criminal in office uh, in high places uh, is involved in really serious misconduct, uh, then it tends to be hands off. We need to get away from that in this country, obviously. And with a crisis in confidence in government that uh, clearly has uh, mushroomed from the immediate aftermath of the Kennedy assassination in 1963, we're now at a point where uh, things are seen to be routinely uh, exposed in both of the major political parties that should ultimately have a lot of people going to jail that never seem to uh, uh, even be formally charged on the basis of things that suggest that other folks in high places are scratching each other's backs and protecting each other. And this uh, is going to be interesting to watch how this affects the RFK uh, presidential campaign. I got an electronic letter today from one of the big wigs in that organization, you know, talking about the fact that, uh, you know, Kennedy was the candidate of hope. Uh, you know, Kennedy was the only uh, answer on the horizon in re regard to cleaning up the sewage in both of the major political parties. Th those are my words, not his, but I think that's mm -hmm. what he meant. Uh, whether or not one believes that is another story, uh, but at least this particular guy writing this particular letter on RFK Jr.'s behalf uh, was reflecting a perception of people of goodwill in both the Democrat and the, and the Republican parties, however few of them there are, who see that this is this has the corruption and uh, the, the criminal cabal, which has a stranglehold on both of the major political parties, uh, we are reaching a point to where, you know, that Paul Craig Roberts has suggested it very strongly over time. And in his last couple of articles on COVID, uh, we are reaching a point uh, to where we are in the process of destroying ourselves. Uh, look at this COVID-19 situation in regard to what we now know about it. Uh, both in regard to F uh, Fauci of the National Institute of Health, his direct involvement in facilitating uh, gain-of-function research money, both to the University of North Carolina and to the Wuhan lab in China, that's very suggestive, suggestive to me. Uh, and Paul Craig Roberts, of course, has not only underscored what we do know about the number of people who have died worldwide from receiving this vaccine, but uh, Paul Craig Roberts... Uh, uh, in discussing the findings of this uh, Japanese uh, laboratory, that uh, there can be no question that COVID-19 was created in a laboratory. Uh, it was uh, not a virus that developed through uh, natural means, shall we say. But uh, Paul Craig Roberts suggested openly in print yesterday, I believe, that uh, we can expect to see a variant of COVID-19 develop that will uh, be immune to the healing uh, effects of ivermectin and HCQ. Uh, it doesn't get much more criminal than, than that if Roberts is correct. And on the basis of everything else that he's been correct about thus far, 
this is what we're speaking of, uh, a government involved in, in creating uh, viruses uh, in regard to uh, strengthen the economic hand of a handful of people at the highest level of the pharmaceutical industry, uh, the bio laboratories that, are, uh, that have been involved in Ukraine, clearly weaponized uh, biological laboratories that are breaking every international law uh, known to man on this subject. Uh, but that's all okay if you support Zelensky and if you support the Biden cabal and if you buy into all this mainstream demonization of Vladimir Putin, which is clearly preposterous. But the, the point in all of this is that the situation with Jared Kushner on the one hand and the, and the, and the uh, Trump people uh, and on the other hand, the Biden empire and the specifics of the involvement of Joe and Hunter Biden with Burisma subsequent to the coup d'etat of February of 2014. This is a level of criminality that uh, uh, even when uh, partially exposed by the mainstream media uh, seems to draw no significant outrage by the American public whatsoever. And it may well be because uh, that cynicism and disgust and a sense of helplessness have so enveloped the body politic that even with those people who are relatively informed, if informed at all, uh, they, they, they feel that the system can't be retrieved, it can't be reformed. Uh, we can't have a clean, uh, a clean election either in the presidential race or in all of these other races. The money is too big. The evil forces involved in the uh, in possessing that money and spending it to control our political process are simply too powerful, so it's argued, and they may well be right. I mean, this this is uh, why we are reduced to doing what we're doing with VT foreign policy, because we're among a handful of people uh, that are continuing continuing to try and get the truth out uh, to an American public that is very comatose. Uh, at the same time, that uh, internationally. As I watch uh, international social media, particularly through V. Contacta, the rest of the world seems to have this figured out. People that blog in, not simply from Russia or Iran uh, or parts of Ukraine, but all over the world in, uh, in uh, both Western and Eastern Europe, uh, all throughout uh, Central Asia and Southeast Asia, South America, and so forth and so on. Uh, there are a lot of folks out there who can see uh, the corruption and the cancer of uh, the American governmental system and the American news media uh, in ways that perhaps are even more to the point than what you and I would suggest. I, I want to interject real quick because um, you mentioned um, about uh, this idea of being canceled by the Google or the other search engines or whoever these people are. Um, I just want to make a note that your 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 article was was canceled, uh, the the Soros one. I also uh, Fabio Caricio's article on BlackRock was also yes. canceled. Um, and this is the way they censor us; they, they go after us because we're speaking truth to power. And instead of actually canceling us off the net, they cancel us off the financial abilities. So they we can't earn a dollar, we can't bring in the ad exactly. networks. Uh, we, we won't show this article, can't show that. You mentioned uh, COVID today. Uh, I'm sorry, but we can't post it on YouTube. Sorry, YouTube, but you're not going to see this. Uh, can't do it because they'll just shut our account down. Yes. That's just that's the way it's going to be. So um, if you support uh, Mark Dankoff and VT Foreign Policy, don't forget to support what he's doing. Mark, just put a little a quick uh, plug for how to reach you, donate to what's your, what you're doing. So tell the readers right now. 
Well, you can always reach me through my uh, through my email, which is my name spelled backwards, cramfolknet at hotmail.com. Uh, you can always get a communication to me through the Republic Broadcasting Network north of Austin. They're in Round Rock, and uh, check their website at republicbroadcasting.org for uh, for their physical mailing address. Those are probably the best ways to reach me uh, directly. Uh, and, of course, I'm back on RBN Live uh, this coming Friday. I've been off, for, off of the live version of the show for two or three weeks now uh, because of my mother's hospice illness, uh, but I should be good to go on that on Friday afternoon at 2 p.m. Central, but do you uh, take boy, donations at all, or uh, when they come in, I uh, you know it's interesting. I was talking with uh, Mike Walsh about this the other day. The longtime uh, British-based uh, uh, alt-right guy who's been in this game many more years than I have, and he's a lot older than I am as well. Uh, Mike expresses that as a constant frustration: how difficult it is to keep going in these economic circumstances. It is. Uh, and, and, of course, VT Foreign Policy knows this. I know it. Yeah. Uh, e. Michael Jones at Culture Wars had a YouTube uh, uh, subscriber, subscriber list of thousands and thousands of people. Uh, simply had it pulled off the plug, uh, uh, had the plug pulled uh, on it, not, not because it was irresponsible, because it was too responsible, too well-documented, too articulate, and of course, the powers that be uh, know that uh, if the brand of criticism of certain people that Mike Jones puts forth in every issue of his culture wars, that when that was getting electronic circulation uh, among thousands and thousands of people, they're all the same things that we're talking about, COVID-19, uh, revolutions, coup d'etats and assassinations, the neocons, the Newland cabal, all the things that Mike Jones has said over many, many years about this resulted in waking up one morning and just discovering that without any sort of hint or warning or conversation uh, that YouTube had simply uh, pulled his account. For all the VT readers out there, uh, before we start talking about Jared Kushner, uh, I want to say that don't forget to support VT, buymeacupofcoffee.com. It's on our website. Any article you read, look to the right. You'll see a little uh, little uh, picture there with his, uh, you know, support us for $8 a month. Uh, just to mention it, Mark is right. It's so darn difficult to pay the bills um, here at VT. I personally uh, do this for free. It actually costs me money, to be honest. Um, the, the time that I spend on VT every single day to bring this information to light, it costs me money. I'll tell you how it costs me. I, I, I don't make money off it, so it costs me time. And my time is worth like – if I was actually working in my vocation, which would be accounting and finance, I'd be making $10,000 a month, but I'm not. So the cost for me is very expensive. So, but that doesn't take away from the fact that we got to pay these bills. We got to pay Riverside.fm. We got to pay Mailchimp. We got to pay the server. We got to pay plugins. It's not free like it used to be, guys. So we appreciate every donation and every member that stands up and puts out eight dollars a month. That makes a big difference to pay these bills. So please do that. Uh, and, and let's talk about Jared Kushner. So you mentioned the Zionist uh, influence as well. Hey, you know, here, Jared. You got. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I uh, here. Here you go. I I uh, had this up through Yandex. Google was squawking to my being able to get this up, but here it is. Bloomberg, uh, and this uh, is a today's article. Kushner's Saudi-backed affinity to acquire stake in Israeli firm. Affinity Partners is to buy a 150 million dollar stake in the Shlomo Car Unit 
the agreement marks Affinity's first invest investment in Israel. <laughs> so th- there you go, folks. Uh, the uh, and there and there, of course, is Jared. If you can see him, let's get yeah, him up there. There he is. There he is. So yeah. you know, I'm not, left and right. You know, so uh, I mean, so this is, by, by this the way, is the I called, latest. I called MBS last week and I told him I have experience in finance. I, I have a checkbook. I know how to you know pay the bills at the supermarket. Can I have $3 billion? And he said, yeah. So you know, apparently he's giving $3 billion to everybody who has no experience in finance. You know what I mean? Well, that's right. And, 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 and again, this is getting into the whole question of uh, the intrigues of Middle Eastern foreign policy in the part of the United States, especially, obviously, since the creation of the Zionist entity, uh, which, of course, the the wheels on that really got going in the late 19th century. Um, The late William E. Blackstone, who was a Christian Zionist businessman in Chicago, uh, it's been argued effectively by a single article in the Journal of the Evangelical Theological Society that you can get online that he may have had more to do with the foundation of the Zionist state than even uh, Theodore Herzl. All of that obviously is going to be arguable. But uh, from that time on forward, as uh, American foreign policy uh, began to be uh, uh, hijacked throughout the 20th century uh, for Zionist purposes, it's kind of kind of fascinating now uh, to see the way in which uh, the Trump regime uh, has been very effective in working both the Saudis and the Israelis. And interestingly enough, about the time that Jared Kushner starts jumping into this in regard of the affinity company uh, with the Saudis, uh, this is at the same time that the Saudis will be members of uh, BRICS, I think, as of January. So, <laughs> you know, you look at the all of the intrigue involved in this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, somebody's selling out America, my friend, somebody is selling out America and it's not simply Biden and the Democrats doing it. Clearly somebody Uh, is, somebody is, and or somebody's buying America, maybe. Well, I think, uh, they've pretty much had America in their back pockets for a long time. So this gets into the bigger, the bigger question, uh, question of uh, fractional reserve banking within the central uh, banking nexus. This gets into the disproportionate power of the Israeli and Zionist lobby in the United States and buying elections. This gets into the sordid relationship uh, between multinational corporations and our government and the uh, American mainstream media uh, that has resulted in the kind of thing that we're now talking about, which uh, includes such things as the the suppression of the New York Post expose on Hunter Biden's laptop uh, weeks before the 2020 presidential elections. And it gets down to, uh, you know, a mere article that I write for VT Foreign Policy uh, that certain uh, powerful interests apparently didn't like because it was reminding uh, the general public uh, that this Euro Maidan press which is uh, pushing the case for ongoing support of Zelensky, ongoing support of, uh, of, of America and NATO, uh, supplying all kinds of military weaponry to Ukraine at any cost, down to the last Ukrainian, right? Uh, but here we have a situation where, uh, it, you know, this is a George Soros front that we're talking about, arguably, in the Open Society Foundation in regard to the amount of Soros money that has kept this Euro made on press going. Uh, what are the implications of this? What are the implications of the Kolomoisky uh, funding of the uh, Zelensky rise to political prominence and power? 
these are all of the kinds of different questions that should be asked in American mainstream media that aren't for very obvious reasons. And it's the, the same reason why people doing what we're doing are being bled dry financially uh, at the same time that uh, legitimate work that we have produced for a long right. time continues being uh, taken off the net or marginalized to where when someone searches uh, searches one's name on the net, quite interesting to see if you search my name, all of the things that come up in the Yandex search engine that don't show up in the Google search engine. Surprise. Wow. Yeah, surprise, surprise. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Yeah, surprise, surprise. So th this is the nature of the game. Uh, and the question becomes, when does the American public, and I'm the ultimate hypocrite in this, I admit it, I'm going to see Detroit play Kansas City tonight at 54th Street Bar and Grill simply to get away from what, what the things that you and I have done on an ongoing basis at great right. Uh, just to have a beer and yeah, clear your just, head. Yeah, clear my head. And then I got to be ready to go tomorrow afternoon at 2 p.m. on RBN. I've got a ton of news stories I can't discuss in this format that I'll be bringing into play so that my people can not simply listen to me for an hour, but they'll have uh, maybe 100 stories and, and some book reviews and other things to look at in regarding to getting information that is being routinely denied them uh, by the powers that be. And this is right. where the perhaps the ultimate significance of this business uh, with the corruption in our government and the Jared Kushner thing and the, the Hunter Biden thing and the Russian-Ukrainian war and, and COVID-19, all these other things. The ultimate war in all of this is the war for control of our own government as a sovereign nation state, the war for an independent news media, uh, and the fight that we continue to wage against the very powerful interests, we all know who they are, who want to destroy the First Amendment of the United States, Bill of uh, Constitution and Bill of Rights. is the, the Every same. American should care about that, right and left, not just, not just the middle, That's this right. or that. It's That's every, right. This, here's what I think, Mark. It's, it's uh, the battle for the control of resources, who controls the world, and the United States is a little bit in the way. That's all. And the American people, which the average person would earns $400 a week or something and can barely go paycheck to paycheck, they're the victims, not, not, not the billionaires. They're not the victims. It's the average American that's the victim. And it's on the left. It's on the right. It's in the middle. And we're being divided by corrupt billionaires all over the world. It's, exactly. it's insane. And, and so I reject this idea that the right is the bad guy and the left is the bad guy. I, I actually think uh, it's a different bad guy and the, the, the victims are us. And I don't want to see that be divided. You know, the, the right wing guy, he's pissed off because the institutions are failing him. He's pissed off because he doesn't believe government represents him. Okay, that's true. He's, he should be pissed off. You know, absolutely true. Um, it, it's terrible. Uh, I, I'm hoping that uh, at the end of this, but by the way, I don't, I'm not even sure Jared is breaking the law. Okay, I don't, I, I'm not even sure that's true. I think it's 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 law abiding to be corrupt now in Washington. It, the, the laws are now do what the hell you want. They're saying congressmen can trade stocks, knowing the inside information all they want. I mean, come on, guys, they're making all the money and not telling us. So exactly, it's not, clear. it's not equal. And so when so, you're talking about insider trading and stocks, 
or you're talking about the fact that, for just one example, this ongoing American military involvement in Syria, which is clearly designed not to destroy ISIS. The United States and Britain and Israel had everything to do with the development of ISIS and importing it into Syria, folks. That's a little secret that the mainstream media is not telling you. But uh, by what legal sanction? Does the United States have the right to be trying to overthrow the Assad regime? What, by what legal authority is the United States continuing to occupy northeast Syria, uh, where all of this uh, oil and uh, grain continue to be, right? Uh, right? By what legal authority is a single American uh, military uh, uh, officer or, or uh, enlisted man or woman in that country? There's been no uh, sanctioning of this via the UN Security Council uh, or the General Assembly for that matter. And certainly in terms of our Congress, which is where I begin to get concerned as an American constitutionalist, by what constitutional authority has uh, any president of the United States been authorized to uh, introduce uh, all of this American uh, uh, covert and, and uh invisible uh, military activity in that country to overthrow the legitimate regime of that country, whether we like Assad or we don't. And, uh, you know, it, the American public needs to say, hey, you know, what is this? We have people uh, in high places in, uh, in, in this country get away with insider stock trading, with getting away with uh, multi-million dollar deals with foreign countries after they facilitated an illegal coup d'etat there. Uh, these politicians that are getting all of this Israeli PAC money or money from the military industrial complex. And, uh, and, and we have presidents uh, getting us involved in the military activities or assassinations, right? It was Donald Trump who openly admitted that he ordered the illegal assassination of General sure. uh, Qasem Soleimani of Iran. So of in, the, in the last analysis, uh, Republicans tend not to talk about that sort of thing. Uh, they'll talk plenty about Joe Biden and vice versa. But I think you, you're identifying the heart of the problem, Johnny, and that is that for thinking people across the average Americans, across the political spectrum, we are ultimately the losers in this process. And uh, I think we're running out of time in terms of anything that can be done to stop this, frankly. I think, I think at, at this point, I'm hoping that Biden pulls a Lyndon Johnson and goes on TV and says, oh, by the way, I'm not going to run. Remember that when Lyndon Johnson yes, did that? sure do. And, and, and he might make up some excuse like his health or something. And who cares why he doesn't run? I think he's not going to run, believe it or not. I think something's going to happen. Something, something's going to trigger, and he's going to go on TV and say, I'm not running. And I think Gavin Newsom is going to replace him, not Kamala Harris. And I think same thing's going to happen to Trump, by the way. Uh, Trump's not going to run. Uh, I just wrote an article about that. Um, he needs to step down because uh, he, he did cross the line, and he's he's defective now. And he needs to put America first. I think Vivek Ramaswamy, if you're a Trump supporter out there listening to this, your, your Vivek Ramaswamy is, is, is Trump's political son. He represents all the policy changes without the baggage and the corruption and the criminality. So that's your best hope at this point because what we need to do is we need to get to the conversation of term limits both in age and time and discuss reforming the American government, uh, retrofitting it, reforming it because what's going on now is completely out of control. But we don't ever have that conversation because we're talking about 
Donald Trump sexual predator, exactly. Donald Trump trial, uh, corruption, what's the other one? Uh, documents, Biden, Hunter, Jared this, Jared that. We, we never actually get to the conversation of, hey, when are we going to force our Congress to start voting for us as opposed to the, the, the cabal of corporations that control the world? Look, I get it. You know, the monetary industrial system, the monetary system worldwide is corrupt in its nature. I get that. But we can we can mitigate that by changing the laws and rules of the United States of America to bring it back towards we the people. And I mean all Americans. And stop this nonsense of making the right guy the enemy and the left guy the enemy. We're all Americans. We're not different than each other. Uh, we are. That's what made America great again. And so we need to go back to that. But we need to remember that it's the money that's corrupting everybody. It's not the Democrats. It's not. The, they're all corrupted. Every single one of them. And they can't help it because even they can't survive in that environment without taking the big money from the Zionists and the bankers and this and that. There's no way to survive it, my friend. So when are we going to get to that conversation? You tell me, Mark. Well, it's an important thing. And this is where RFK Jr. comes in. On the one hand, he's saying a lot of good things uh, about the COVID situation and the lockdowns. Uh, He's pointing out the uh, absolutely corrosive uh, political and economic Uh, power of the multinational corporations in this country. He has said a lot of good things about the Russian-Ukrainian war, albeit uh, I think he's absolutely wrong about the legitimacy of Putin's intervention uh, in the Donbass. That would be a point of differentiation between RFK and me. Uh, But on the whole, he said a lot of good things. But the one thing that has to be said, and I've said it to some of his supporters, his absolute sycophancy with the Israeli lobby in these uh, appearances with this Rabbi uh, Shmuley Botich, I think, are a major political problem for him. What else is more uh, indicative of American political corruption in this country as it's impacted our elections and our foreign policy uh, than this whole issue of the Zionist state of Israel? Uh, what situation has more fed the military industrial complex in this country than the Zionist state of Israel. And where where Kennedy himself is concerned, uh, looking at the work of my old friend Michael Collins Piper of Final Judgment, uh, more recently uh, Laurent Guyanot of the Unce Review, who was ultimately the political power behind the assassinations of both John Kennedy and Robert F. Kennedy, uh, you know, in our RFK's case, 55 years ago in Los Angeles. That's where I'm particularly disturbed by Kennedy's appearances uh, with these Zionist figures and making a series of statements about them that fly in the face of what has actually been going on in Palestine all these decades, as well as currently, and not to mention uh, the things that have happened uh, in terms of uh, all of these different things in the American political relationship uh, with uh, Israel since it was founded, and all of these questionable activities. The uh, What really happened to Secretary uh, of Defense James Forrestal, James, uh, David Martin's book on that subject, I think underscores what uh, I certainly believe happened to him. Uh, what really transpired uh, in regard to the... Uh, the uh, USS Liberty incident and the Levon affair, who was really behind 9-11. Uh, and of course, we know all about the Pollard spy case, right? And the ben and Promise spy cases. Oh, yeah, our friends, Israel, right? <laughs> our friends, yeah. And, uh, and when it, yeah, what the hell, exactly. And when it comes to 
this whole issue, once again, of what happened to the Kennedy brothers 60 years ago and 55 years ago. Uh, that's where I find uh, RFK's position on this Zionist question and his absolute concern not to be seen as quote-unquote anti-Semitic, that uh, I wonder just how effective you he mean like anti-Semitic like Elon, Elon Musk now? The ADL is yeah. attacking Elon Musk. He's and, an anti-Semite now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and when do we finally, as an American public, say we've had enough of the Anti-Defamation League, uh, which has already been exposed as having been involved in a criminal spy case against average yeah, Americans fake. in, in fake San Francisco. civil rights organization. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, Michael Collins Piper uh, said that they were nothing more than the than the domestic arm of the Israeli Mossad in the United States. That's a good right. way that he put it. Of course, it. they are. And that's, well, I mean, you know, they are when they are attacking everybody who they disagree with and calling them anti semite whatever it's called, anti semite with no evidence. I mean. The richest man in the world supposedly is Elon Musk, and they have the balls to go after him. That's how powerful they are, my friend. That's exactly how powerful they are. So while you and I continue doing what we're doing is left for God to determine, but here we are. Yeah. We're still doing well, we're, you know, We're all anti-Semites, apparently, because we critique the state policy of Israel. Shame on us, right? Yeah. That's it. Say la vie. Okay, my yeah. friend. Listen, I want to thank you for a tremendous uh, conversation today uh, on VT Radio. Fantastic. Uh, of course, uh, I'll take a deep breath, Take uh, go get a soda, or I'm going to get my VT cup here, uh, take my iced tea, and uh, relax tonight. Yeah, tomorrow, tell us, we're going to enjoy the game tonight, but tell us tomorrow what's happening with your radio show. What are you going to be discussing tomorrow? Uh, all of the stuff that's been going on since I was last on live, uh, which, uh, which means everything from uh, fiat money, uh, the uh, Chinese uh, entry into the gold market big time vis-a-vis -vis U.S. Treasuries, uh, the, the latest stuff in the Russian-Ukrainian war that is uh, the, where I'm relying on really great sources to help me interpret that for my for my listeners. Uh, we'll probably take a look at aspects of this 2024 election, certainly. And last but not least, I will be telling my live radio audience, all of you people that did not take my advice and, and go with Detroit by five <laughs> tonight because my left knee was bothering me when I woke up this morning. You could, be, you could have been far richer if you had listened to my advice. I, I want to give a special <laughs> shout out. Today is uh, September 7th. I want to give a special shout out to all those people that were lost on 9-11. Mm. Uh, it's coming That's up right. in a couple of days here, 22 years later. I don't want everybody to forget about that. That's right. um, there were good people from every all walks of life that died that day, unnecessarily innocent victims of... God knows what, my friend. What was that? Many innocent that people died and many innocent people, some of whom were related to the people who died. But a lot of innocent people around the United States and the world were lied to, in my view, about yeah. what really happened at 9-11 and the cover-up that followed. Yeah, we'll make another show on that, my friend. Very Take good. care. I'll talk to you soon, Mark. Have a tremendous evening and enjoy Detroit the game. Detroit by five. The you got it, my friend. <laughs> If you enjoyed this presentation, hit the like button now. Also, share it with your friends. And don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. VT approves this message.